Hello, Discover here to explain our cash back match. Here's how it works. We give you cash back for using your Discover card on the things you were going to buy anyway. Then we match that cash back in your first year. And that's why we call it Cashback Match. Now to recap and say cash back one more time. We match all the cash back you've earned at the end of your first year automatically. Discover. Exceptionally common sense. Learn more at discover.com slash match. Limitations apply. It used to be hard to find the exact auto parts you needed. And that meant spending a lot of time at swap meets. It's a different game now when you can order exactly what you need from eBay Motors. They have 122 million parts, so you can always find the right fitment. Spend less time searching and more time building with the eBay Motors app or visit ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. Hey everyone, this is the Almost World Podcast. Bringing to you mind-blowing interviews with guests from all over the world. So settle down, relax, and enjoy the show. Oh yeah, by the way, if you like the podcast, please support Elmo's World Podcast on Patreon. Your support is what helps the podcast improve more and more. One, two, and three. Okay, Welcome to Elmo's World Podcast. This is Elmo Ador Jr., your host. And it's a great day to, uh, today because we are able to talk to my friend, Micah Stone. And Micah, could you uh, introduce yourself? My name is Micah Stone. I am from Oklahoma in the United States, and I am a mystic and a philosopher, if you want to call me that. Okay. And um, well, what is a mystic? Uh, what I've never heard someone call themselves a mystic, and you're the first time. Could you tell us more about that? Uh, I take from many different disciplines and many different belief systems, and just I take what I feel I can use in my own practice and apply it. So I don't really have a defined class, a hard classification for myself. So as far as I'm willing to go, classifying myself would just be saying mystic because I deal with mysticism. So wh- what do you mean by um, dealing with mysticism? Uh, other realmly things uh not necessarily hard science uh concepts so um and but in terms of being a philosopher how do you define being a philosopher i have my own beliefs i i am not beholden to any doctrine whether it be religious or another's philosophical take on things. And uh, would you mind telling us the story of how you became a mystic and a philosopher? It all began with a dream and sort of that a sleep paralysis state or an astral state, whichever one you wish to subscribe to. Uh, I'm laying down on my back semi-aware but unable to move 
and there's something draining some sort of force out of the crown of my head. And I'll, I suddenly become a dual consciousness. I have outside of me a entity that is a, usually a voice in my head. Uh, it's standing outside of me. And I have consciousness in it and consciousness in myself laying down at the same time. And this one that is usually a voice inside my head, his name is Shade. And he looks down at me and he says, use our pulse. And then I go back to being a singular consciousness as just myself laying down. And I see shade start to pulse out some sort of energy. And each time this pulse happens, I feel whatever it is that has been leaching energy out of the crown of my head start to leach less and less out of me. And I start to wake up more and more. And then keeps pulsing out until the, the very last pulse that shade does. I see him falter and he goes to one knee. And I wake up and like the other entity isn't leeching whatever out of my head anymore. And since that, this was in January, since that time, shade has been absent to me in my head. And then come February, I have started, I started developing a story and world building as therapy. Um, and I'm in the process of procrastinating on it because apparently I have better stuff to do than therapy. And I hear a loud bang on my back door and my dog knocks on the door when he wants in. So I think that's him, except it's a lot louder. So I'm kind of pissed because he's getting a little friendly with the door. I go and open the back door. There's no dog there. So I open the screen door and there's a cardinal, a female cardinal that is a bright yellow, not the normal brown, laying there on the ground, makes straight eye contact with me and dies. I see the life leave its eyes. So I immediately go and start researching specifically like what does it mean what is the spirit message meaning of a card a female cardinal of an odd color running into your back door and dying on your back porch and i get one result after a lot of searching it said this is an awakening awakening sign you are about to experience true magic be prepared and be cautious. About two weeks after that occurrence, uh, my dog, I only feed him at night. And he was gone this night. So I get up before dawn, like probably about 15 minutes before dawn when it's a little pre-dawn light so you can see a little get up to go outside to feed him 
and I see the white his white spot about 20 yards outside the back door. So I'll start walking towards him and call his name. And he pops up looking all happy, but about double the distance from me to him, like 20 yards further past him, I see a red streak just stand up and <gasps> the most odd, uh, terrified gasp to it. And the only thing, what I took away from it most as my impression of what it looked like was red and strangely angular. It had a face, but not like a human face. It was almost pixeled and it was yellow bleeding into orange, but the rest of it was red. And after it stood up and gave that terrified gasp, it folded in on itself and disappeared. So I, I started researching Red Spirit because that's all I could think. Like that's the only thing I gathered from it. It wasn't like anything I had ever read about or seen on a show or anything. And I, I couldn't find anything close to it except for a gin. And that was very loose. That was just because they're associated with color red sometimes and they can shape shift. And this wasn't really a shape shift. It was a folding in on itself and disappearing. But about a week and a half, two weeks, maybe two and a half weeks after that, I get a an allergic I have an allergic reaction to spider venom from a spider bite. And it causes like my calves and my feet to swell, like my hands and my forearms to swell with blood. And so during this long extended period of dealing with this allergic reaction. I begin uh, eliminating unhealthy fractures in my mind that are holding me back and not providing anything positive. I'm eliminating them with the help of another fracture of mine who goes by the name of Alchemist. And we, we do a good job eliminating the proper ones. And then all of a sudden, baseline emotions are being presented to me. Like, not my emotions. Some other beings' emotions are being pre presented to me. So I uh, think a new, it's a new fracture. And so i got to teach it how to communicate. So with the help of alchemists, start trying to teach it how to communicate. Then I have these, these two dreams. I'm in a hotel, second floor. I'm leaving my room and going down the steps to go to the bar. When I remember that I forgot something in my room. So I go back up, try to open the door, won't budge. So I lean into it a little bit. Budges a little bit, slams back, so I really lean into it, and it flies open. All I see is red, and I hear, get out. 
the very next night, I have another dream that there's this dog and it's trying to attack me. But in the dream, I'm damn sure that I, that that dog is the dog that I used to have, but I can't remember its name. And I'm obsessing about the name of it, trying to figure it out, even though it's attacking me. And like I, it's biting on me, but I can't feel the pain. I can feel the pressure of the teeth, but not the pain. And, but I can't remember the name. So what's this dog's name? And then finally, like, it gets me good, and I feel the pain for the first time, and I wake up. And immediately upon waking, I'm like, what is that dog's name? I can't remember his name. So I start going through the alphabet, thinking of every A name I can think of, and then B, and then C, just so maybe I'll stumble upon it. Well, I get to, like, T, U, there's somebody talking. And they've been talking the entire time I've been awake trying to think of this dog's name. It is alchemists talking out of my mouth to something that's not there. And it says, and alchemist says, have you ever thought that if you would just ask him, he would make a spot for you? But no, you just hide and sneak and steal. And then silence. And then alchemist says again, well, when you choose, choose with wisdom. And then he's gone from me, and, like, I can use my breath again. And so we go, you know, another couple weeks on with this, and that baseline emotion fracture that had been, that I'd been trying to teach to talk, all of a sudden hits me with, uh, hello, basically. And so say tell me your name tell me your purpose and give me your story and i'll confer with alchemist and see if we can't make a place for you in the collective and it says i once was a fracture of another's mind but i was cold out by two brothers of betrayal i have returned from beyond the borders of death born anew for allowing me this metamorphosis, I have for you a gift. But for killing what I was, I will have my price. And it offered me two choices. Choice one, live your life to an average age and average health with average love and average problems. But you lose your passions and you will forget all you know about the world you are developing in spirals. Choice two, you complete the spirals. Your passion has fulfilled your life, but you will never get to see the effect that it will have on, an, on another. You will die before you see someone read it. Well, I don't want either one of those. That's lose-lose, so I'm not going to choose. And it says, well, then you die now. And that allergic reaction starts acting up like super hard i look down and i can see what looks like eels swimming in my calves and my feet and in my forearms and my hands I'm like oh fuck i don't want to die like this so i choose to and then we go 
about a week after that, and I start feeling something just staring into my brainstem, hardcore, and I keep telling it. When you come at me, sneaking up from behind, staring into my brainstem like that, you put me in defensive mode, and I don't want to be in defensive mode if I'm going to interact with you. Like, meet me from the front. Meet me face-to-face, and we'll see if we can't confer on something. But it never will. It keeps continually going to that brainstem part. I even tried turning around in my mind to face it that way, but it would move. Like it would stay just out of that sight. So one day I'm in my shop and I'm fixing to leave to go to town to get some supplies. And a friend is with me. He's going to drive me. And as I'm putting everything up in the shop, something grabs my nutsack and gives it a little squeeze like to where I felt my shorts raise up on my leg from the pressure and my friend sees me jump up and back like like you would if some some invisible thing grabs your nutsack and after so we go to town after that and we get back that evening now I'm here by myself in the shop and I feel that staring into my brainstem thing again. So I turn around and I see this big solid black fly. And it flies right at me and I move out of the way and it doesn't hit me. I'm thinking, oh, that could just be a horse fly. But a little later, I feel it staring into my brainstem again. So I turn around this time and the black fly is back. But this time it's hovering midair. So I say, back, demon. And it flies to the wall and then crawls down onto the mirror. And there's no reflection to it in the mirror. So I point at it and say, out, demon. And it dissipates. So things go quiet for about a month after that. But then, an old, an old, old friend starts coming back to me. When I shade from the first of this story, the one that faltered in the dream, he first presented himself as a hooded shadow that is heralded by owls. And all of a sudden, after months of not having him around in my head, I'm experiencing him outside of me. In the woods, owls surrounding me and a shadow skirting the edge of the tree line in the shadows surrounding me. I, I am talking to these owls or to this shadow and these owls, every time I will say Shade's name or call him Aetherman, these owls call. Perfect timing with it. 
and I get, I say, I don't know if I can turn my back on you and go back to the house. Right as I say that, and a third owl pops up behind me, in between me and the house, cutting off my retreat. I stayed out there till dawn, so <laughs> I could not have to go into those shadows where that Aether man was. And so I get a couple of friends to come out and see if this isn't just me being nuts, if this isn't just me being psychotic. And they come out, and we sit in the woods this night, and the owls start hooting, and we start hearing some walking. Then all of a sudden, what sounds like a tree snapped in half and slammed to the ground to where we could feel the concussion in the soil. So we're standing there ready. One of my friends laughs. The other one ready for action. And I'm just like, see, guys, it's here. Uh, then I invite some investigators out. And we are in my circle where I have my fire pit. I hear a strange vocalization, vocalization come from up the road and on my property. And at the same time that it this vocalization starts, my other friend starts talking and they meld together and I can't differentiate the two and it disorients me in a weird way. When that happens, I see one of these investigators take off to where I heard the vocalization coming from, but he didn't hear nothing. He just felt something. So me and him go, me and this investigator go up to where I, we were, he was feeling it and where I was hearing it. And on this lease road, we come into a closed in position where it's thick uh, vegetation on both sides. And as soon as we enter that, he's on the left side. I'm on the right side from his left side. He hears some, something say, Hey, and he communicates that to me. I'm thinking, ah, I didn't hear it. So we keep walking about, 20 feet further down, I hear something on my right in the woods where my dog is say, hey, I point at it, keep walking. My dog immediately starts barking at it and he chases something across the road, but nothing came across the road. We walk up to where he had chased, chased nothing across the road and walked to where he was running. And then, this is only about five seconds, we hear him, we hear my dog completely on the other side of the property, which is probably about a quarter of a mile away, barking. And this is a huge dog, so he's not that fast. And then the investigator that's with me sees an orb over by the dump. So we go over there to investigate. At the edge of the dump, there's what looks like a little hidey hole where an animal or something could be. But the shadow that's over it is weird. 
and then there starts being a growl. But I'm thinking, okay, it's an animal that's in a little den. It's made a little den at the edge of the dump. So I tell him we need back up. It's an animal. But uh, there's a spring over here, probably about 30 yards away from the dump. And for some reason, I want to go check it out. So we walk there. The water in this spring is weird looking, like like it looks like smoke but liquid. And so I say, that water looks weird. Yeah, that water looks weird. Then I look down the path beside it. I see shade standing in that path. I look away, then look back. Let my eyes refocus. Yep, that shade. I get down on my knees to get a different angle. Let my eyes refocus. Yeah, that shade. So I asked the investigator, hey, man, do you see that? I get him down to where I'm at, and he looks at it, and oh, my God. And he starts backing off away from it. I'm like, oh, okay. Uh, the shit that was in my head is existing outside of me now. And other people are experiencing it. We're walking back to the fire pit or to the circle. We get to that closed-in spot where he heard the hay the first time. And growling begins. And we see the, the shadows in between the foliage, like each layer of leaves. It's got volume to it, and it's vibrating, and it starts shaking all the foliage like something huge is about to come out at us, but it never does, and we keep coming past, and then from that same spot that it was, it starts speaking to us in my friend's voice that at the beginning started talking at the same time we heard the weird vocalization up the road. And so, you know, I'm not too fond of something stealing my friend's voice and mimicking them. So we go up to the breach, like right at the edge of the vegetation. And like, you know, you're trying to pull us into the shadows. Why don't you step into the moonlight? Well, it stepped into the moonlight. Then retreated right back in to where it was. Started doing the growly stuff again. My phone goes starts ringing. But there's no incoming call. And not only that, it's on camera. I've somehow exited out of the camera. And it's to the main, you know, home screen. But it's still ringing with no incoming call. I finally get that stuff to stop. But that gave it time to get to leave, I guess, because it was no longer there. But that threw me into quite the perception change and reality change after that experience. You know, most people would probably start thinking, well, if stuff in my head is existing outside of me now, then everything in my head may exist it's outside me I went the opposite way started thinking well 
stuff in my head is existing outside of me now, then maybe everything that's outside of me is also in my head. And I'm a drippy, drooly, medicated, catatonic guy in a mental ward that everything in reality is in his head. That messed with me for a good little while until I started coming back from it. Uh, I feel that it was at this, I get to the point to where I'm thinking that it's just mimicking shade, that it's trying to get me to willingly take it on as an attachment because it's tried staring into my brainstem and it's tried being a demon and it's tried acting like a gin to get attached to me, but it's failed. Uh, so I decide that me and Alchemist are going to come out to my circle and we're going to show it our face. It's going to know who we are so that maybe it'll show us its true face instead of being a mimicker and a little hidey, growly shadow. We come out to my circle one night, call it out, and it comes. And we're telling it who we are, letting it know that we do not appreciate it mimicking Shade. Because Shade was our guy, you know. Uh, in the circle, it's it's a it's not a full moon night, but a three quarters moon night, and so you should be able to see pretty good. In the circle, I have a fire fire pit. It's a ring of cinder blocks, and then the fire inside. I can only see the flames. I can't see the light. Like, the, the light should have been cast on those blocks, not just on those blocks, but the ground outside of it. But no, I can't see that. All I can see is the flames. Everything else is dark. Everything else is black. And that shadow is on me. So, I, me and Alchemist, point at it, and we tell it, you will remove yourself from my circle. And it does, and we can see again. And behind a stack of logs that's at the edge of my circle, there's one weed sticking up where you can see it from behind. And it is going crazy, shaking back and forth, back and forth. And there's no wind. And I can hear that growl start again, and I can see the vibrating shadow in between each of the logs. So I just. I mean, Alchemist decides you're going to have to back up farther than that. So we go straight at it, pointing at it. You will remove yourself from my hollow. Well, it moves. It didn't remove itself from the hollow, but it removed itself from uh, our presence and quit messing with us for a little bit. Then I'll, I start getting crow gifts left to me. Crows start leaving me different feathers, different bones, snail shells, uh, just a lot of cool crow gifts inside my circle. And 
they have been ever since, except for a two-week period where they kind of got stuck up because I gave away a bundle of crow feathers to somebody. And I don't know how they knew, but they immediately stopped. And I gave them away at night so those motherfuckers weren't watching. And I started using those crow gifts to start imbuing things with their attributes, like to kind of build up an arsenal of different sort of things for me to use against whatever I'm going to come up against out here. And whenever I start doing this and viewing one night, I walked up the lease road to take my dog for a walk. And I'm going to talk to alchemist while I'm walking. And I realized I forgot my phone back at the shop. So I turned around and headed back. And <clears throat> this one spot that's probably about 30 yards away from the closed in spot on the lease road where the hay, the first hay came from. There is a, what looks like TV static, except all black and in a cloud. And it just comes streaming at me, like not billowing like smoke. And not moving like mist would on the wind or with air, with pressure changes or with uh, temperature changes. No, like streaming, like straight. And it gets very close to me. And I swing at it with an axe and it and the axe pass through each other. And usually when this stuff happens, Alchemist is the one that takes over and handles stuff. But he's a little slow. And so that that vibrating static cloud is almost on me. And then the switch happens to Alchemist. And I grab this. I have a spike in my left hand that I use as a focus point. And it underhanded stab into, I guess, what you would call the underbelly of a vibrating static cloud. Uh, and it. I feel it penetrate and I see it penetrate and it shrinks back about 20 feet from me and is staying there hovering in the air and dripping shadows. Alchemist says some things to it. I don't remember what and it dissipates. I think, all right, we've got us a wounded one now. Well, I have a friend come over and he helps me bind it to a specific spot with the stake. That way I would know where it's at while I prepare myself to handle it. Well, this kind of upset the balance in the hollow because there's other entities here that aren't, uh, that aren't uh, evil, like, that are actually good and magical. And it kind of upset the balance here to where every night there was a dark mist that hung over this place. Like I, I had a friend come over who had not 
experienced any, anything out here before come over and sit with me in my circle and we sat out here and that mist was all around the circle but not in the circle to where you could walk out of the circle and look back and you couldn't see the circle until you walked back into it and there's orbs would be i mean if you didn't know what to look for you may think them just to be fireflies but fireflies do not fly this fast and they do not blink in this way and they don't stop immediately when they get on the border of the circle right and so i guess pretty good little uh encounter out here and so i eventually get to where me and this other friend come out do a little ritual and we call upon the other entities in the hollow to come forth and take care of this oppressing shadow that has been upsetting everything around here. And as soon as we finish saying what we need to say, owls start hooting like crazy. Coyotes start howling, which I have not heard coyotes here since my, my dog was a pup and he's now like three and crows start calling and it's nighttime like there shouldn't be crows calling then the coyote calls morph into a like the death cries of a demon pretty cool i i never heard anything like that before so i think that the shadow thing is gone and for a couple of days everything's right in the hollow the darkness isn't here anymore you know like but then after like three days the darkness comes back then the day after that shade is back in my mind and he's back as an altar and he does some tricksy and some very misleading dishonorable things and it really really upsets me because it has sullied my honor so alchemist has revealed to me that the shadow that was outside of us has always been shade and shade has always been that shade was not a fracture of my mind he was not an altar of my mind he was a semi-possessing entity that has for nigh on a decade been trying to fully possess but is unable because of the fractured nature of my mind and so he has lied to me about what he is he has misled me as to the nature of what he is he has done nothing positive for me the entire time he has been as an altar or a fracture of my mind 
So, I have taken it upon myself to not only rid myself and my hollow of this shadow, but tonight I take it upon myself to rid the realm of this shadow because it is my duty to I let it back into the world when I could have kept it in me. That's a well. That's an that's an experience that is unique, uh, very unique, brother Mike Micah. <laughs> never heard anything like it before. I've never I've never experienced anything like it before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, um, I want to know, like, for example, how do you let's say release it back into the world as you said it tonight the other day when it came back into me as an altar like as a, as a fracture i could have held on to it i could have kept it inside me but it pissed me off so much about doing tricksy stuff and sullying my honor that i booted him out of me and now it's back to being that little growly bitch of a shadow and so i put it back into the realm so I need to make sure it's gone for good. I think that uh, that is a great uh, step forward, you know, because dece- deceptive spirits or jinns, they're everywhere, you know. They, and sometimes they they choose the strongest among us to weaken them. Yeah, he, he was succeeding for almost a decade. But chose the wrong. And uh, because, you know, like this experience is very unique to you, you know, um, what kind of, uh, I guess, lesson or um, advice would you give to the rest of the world if someone out there is also being tricked or is experiencing a shadow that uh, is very deceptive? Never take them at face value and never let them closer than what they are never let them any closer than where you first see them in fact only back them further off you give them any sort of leeway and they will take it and they will spin it and they will manipulate you to where you bring them back in yeah and um and you know in in other cultures a lot of uh would a lot of people would call uh, the shade or the sh- uh, or this spirit uh, something of an evil or a demon or a you know it it's it, it d- different languages this uh describe the same thing you know and and yeah and um demon possession is uh, is quite a is quite a huge thing especially in my country you know uh, it it always happens in the most unexpected times, especially uh, for women. You know, uh, young girls, in fact, are the most vulnerable to this. But um, I guess that um, I think that uh, you told me once of a of the ba- the battle between the light and the darkness and staying in the gray. Yeah, and um, how would you sh- share that in a way that other languages would understand or other cultures would understand what i'm finding out with all of this is that there is a place between just pure 
imaginative fantasy and well let me retract it's with meditation people usually seek to clear their mind of stuff like to get a to reach a point to where there's no thought and it's the same sort of concept except you're not seeking to empty your mind you're seeking to focus it on one specific thing whenever you get to that one specific focus where everything else is gone from your mind and you can visualize it you can touch it you can taste it you can smell it you can be what you are what you are thinking of that's the gray area that's where you can focus your will and your intent into whatever you're doing, uh, whatever you want. But I also think that that's the area that these things work in. So it's, I think there's a lot of accidental going to the gray area or living in the gray area, lost in their thoughts to where they're unaware of reality, our physical realm. And I think they can often be preyed upon in those states. And it's usually, you know, like intense psychological states, like hardcore depression or psychosis even when you get stuck in those i think it sends out like a signal things can see that you're stuck in that area and you're unaware of what you're doing there so it's easier for them to latch on because you're unaware in the gray I don't think that that's a good thing to be i don't know if that explained anything or not but that's where i went with it okay okay yeah and um, you know, you mentioned earlier that uh, you have a a philosophy that is none like others, and um, uh, w is it okay if you sh would share some of that? <clears throat> yes, I tend to hold a belief that what, well, what came before creation, before the Big Bang, before there was something logical to think that there was nothing. So that state of pure nothingness, like pre-void nothingness because there's nothing there to be empty and nothing there to be cold that's the perfect state of order not a loving god but just a pure state of static non-existence of nothingness but i tend to hearken to the ancient greek philosophy that one can never truly contemplate nothingness for once one tries to perceive its qualities it becomes something so nothingness given unto thought comes a very unhappy entity that is now having to be the thing that it hates most it's having to be something that goes against its very nature and it wishes to return to being nothing and the only way to do that every something out to make every something back to being nothing so it has to extinguish anything with thought i see yeah and um in terms of for example um the grand scheme of things what would you say that is oh excuse me i'm couldn't hear the last part yeah um in in terms of with what the grand scheme of everything is um why what do you think is the meaning of life or the purpose for it to exist as an affront to this nothingness and flip at the bird say you're not gonna take me back to nothing yeah but um 
would you say that when we die, we go back to nothingness? No, I would not. Uh, I feel that every obstacle you come up, every up against, and every uh, encounter you have in life, every way that you react to these things and how you handle them leaves an imprint on your soul scar or your soul grows with these occurrences and after you die you're either a broken down soul because you didn't handle things well and you became injured and scarred up and hurt and lessened or you're more powerful than you would have been because you've handled things exemplary you've stood up in the face of adversity you've stared down demons and you've battered yourself and others in their situation and um i want to ask you one, one last question okay so um in in terms of being a mystic and being a philosopher yourself um what do you think is the best for a uh, uh, best direction on a certain individual should take in his life knowing that there is a nothingness that we must have an affront to for our existence study everything you can and take from it what you can that will help you rely on your will and focus your will in a greater magnitude don't rely on anything outside of yourself but take in everything you can that can help you rely on yourself more and focus yourself out. Yeah, and um, Micah, it's been a great conversation with you. And, um, you know, this this story is, some, uh, is, is really remarkable and one of a kind, you know. And um, uh, thank you for sharing it with, with uh, the and to the people who are listening. Thank you for hearing it and thank you for putting it out there. Whatever it is that's going on here, I don't know. It may be important. It may not be. It may just be me being psychotic, but I've had other people experience it, so I'm kind of thinking it may not be. So that's the end of it. Thanks for tuning in, guys. This is your host, Elmo Ador Jr. And thank you for listening in. And please subscribe. Please follow us on Facebook. Please, please follow this. Please. Thanks. We did it again. Verizon was just named America's most reliable network by Root Metrics for the 16th time in a row. Proving once again that nobody builds networks like Verizon builds networks. That's why we're building 5G right. That's why there's only one best network. Verizon. Best and most reliable based on root metrics reports from second half 2013 to first half 2021 of three operators on all network types combined. Not specific to 5G networks. If you're a movie collector, you need movies anywhere. It pulls your favorite purchase movies from participating digital retailers into one central place. So you can finally say goodbye to scattered movie collections and hello to an organized library. With Movies Anywhere, you can watch your favorite movies on any compatible device whenever and wherever you want. Ready to grow and enjoy your digital collection? Visit MoviesAnywhere.com slash welcome and register for free. Registration with Movies Anywhere required. Open to U.S. residents 13 and over.